spacecraft did not crash in Roswell, New Mexico in 1947. You know flat earthers, I guarantee it. But you don't know who they are because they're afraid of talking about it. This is not a test. This is your emergency broadcast system. Hello and welcome to the 194th Annual Subliminal Session Podcast. Your weekly dose of conspiracy theory. Bullshit, my name is Cody. I'm dreaming about Phil. How are you? Doing good, buddy. How about yourself? Not doing too bad. I have good news. The It must have been at least 35 to 40 degrees overnight. A lot of snow melting. Snow melting continued through today. It looks like That's... 40s through next week. So maybe, maybe I will be able to see grass within a week. Awesome. Yeah. A lot of people love that time when the snow's melting and it's starting to get warm out. It's uh, spring jacket and shorts weather, basically. Yeah. But I always hated it because of all the mud. The constant, yeah. if you step off the sidewalk even a little, your shoe's covered in mud. I always hated that. Yeah, springtime is usually the best because it's like the best temperature. You can just wear a sweatshirt and maybe even the sweatshirt's too hot, but perfect mm. time. Now, there's something I wanted to talk to you about real quick. So... Remember how we talk about St. Patrick getting rid of the quote-unquote snakes, right? Yep. So I saw a video, a historian guy. So apparently these pagans, the cult was called the serpents. Okay. I just, I don't know much about them, but I was like, it's kind of a cool cult name. I'm just going to say it. So we kind of talked a little bit about that. Well, I don't know if we it was while we were, were recording, uh, but about St. Patrick, basically the snakes weren't literal snakes. They were the pagans, the people who <laughs> built Stonehenge. Those are the people that he kicked out. Yeah. Not literal snakes. It was metaphorical snakes. So apparently it was pagans and druids. And uh, yeah, but apparently they were called... The serpents. I kind of wonder, like, what they. I assume they worshipped a serpent of some kind. Yeah, there's. I mean, there's a lot of worship of basically a lot of pagan kind of belief. I'm not generalizing. You know what I mean? It's there's a lot of pagan beliefs, like from around the world, that is either like the thing that gives you life, like the sun you worship the sun the rain the earth that kind of stuff or you worship things that can kind of kill you hoping that they won't kill you like snakes and you know <laughs> disease shit like that yeah, yeah so fire you know you want to uh one other quick thing here i don't know if you've experienced this i guess i need since you're in the same shoes as me so <laughs> i started to realize because of this show right yeah when i see girls on dating apps mention believing in conspiracy theories it's almost a red flag for me now because i know most of them are bullshit yes not to piss off the three percent of our audience that is female but it is a little bit here's the thing either it's bullshit and they're kind of just saying that to seem cool or they really do believe in that stuff and it's a little scary because I don't know, like, kind of like my, maybe what that brings. But, I'm yeah. taking them at face value. 
Um, mm. I saw one, I think like yesterday that literally said, I believe most conspiracy theories are true. And I was like, you know what? Oof. That's fine. You know, it's fun to speculate and joke around and get a little weird. But, you know, sometimes you gotta, you gotta come back to reality a little bit. Yeah, there's a difference between, it's just like with serial killers. There's a difference between having an interest in serial killers and really like identifying yourself with like the Joker, you know, there's that kind of thing. Do you like to hear about and talk about conspiracies or do you actually believe that the earth is flat and that all the world governments are controlled by a one world cabal kind of deal? Maybe that's what I should have. I should have sent her a message and been like, do you think the earth's flat just to see what would happen? Oh, yeah, exactly. Like, ask her her, I, you know, her feelings about <laughs> Zionists and shit like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Make sure she's not, uh, not off over the edge. Yeah. Speaking of that, I started watching um, Hitler's in- Inner Circle mm. as my bedtime show last night. Pretty good, actually. Yeah, it's crazy to think. So I've, I think I have actually said this on the show before. Uh, a lot of people say, like, go back in time, kill Hitler as a baby. That might be actually one of the worst things to do because of how incompetent he was. He started off as kind of a figurehead and then he gained total control and totally ran, you know, the the Reich into the ground pretty much. It's really scary to think if they had someone like competent, not just a good orator, but someone who wasn't addicted to drugs and someone like Rommel. Imagine if someone like Rommel was ruling the whole fucking thing. You know, they wouldn't they probably wouldn't have taken their foot off of Britain's neck. They probably wouldn't have invaded Russia and they wouldn't have said that they were going to war with America after Pearl Harbor. I mean, the Nazis could still be in control of all of you pretty much. I think maybe in that scenario, the best bet is to kill the, um, the writer, the right wing writer who like kind of birthed all these ideas. Mm. Oh if he yeah. Doesn't okay. exist. Then maybe Adolf Hitler doesn't buy into it. And then recruit all these guys, and then you know it's uh it's a what do they call it chaos theory or some shit? But uh, but yeah. yeah. Anyway, speaking of maybe not nice people, I don't know yet. Phil, why don't you go ahead and uh, take the reins here? A very not nice person, depending okay. on who you were. If you had any, money, you wouldn't have liked them. So I am going to delve a little bit back this week into dictators. We've. You know, we haven't really talked about dictators in quite a while, but here we go. Augustus, Julius Caesar, Marcus Aurelius, names cemented in time as just a few of the greatest rulers of the most storied empire in world history. That, of course, being the mighty Roman Empire, leaving Rome bigger, stronger and wealthier for all of their hard work and sacrifice. These great examples of Roman rulers differ greatly than the man that we will be talking about today, considered one of, if not the worst Roman dictators to ever reign, right alongside fellow contenders for that title, Nero and Caligula. Okay, if you are toppling Nero, um, mm. you've, you might not be a very nice guy. Oh yeah, if you are in if you're in the same league as those two. And I mean, those are those are just a couple of, you know, you're going to get a lot of people who love history talking about some of the other ones 
Uh, basically, right after a great ruler, there was always a shit ruler coming right after them. There's a lot of examples of shit rulers, especially after the guy that we're talking about today. But those are two of the most famous worst case scenarios. History has not looked kindly upon them as much as it could. I do remember I was looking into Caligula for an episode because I, if I remember right, I mean, with modern science and stuff, they're pretty sure he was schizophrenic, I believe, right? Yeah, they're pretty sure that a lot of these people, so there's a lot of, with these kind of like royal families, just like in medieval times, a lot of these Roman dynasties were like very inbred. And you would have examples, you know, it's not every time that this inbreeding would lead to, you know, mental illness. But a lot of times, you know, the second son survives and it turns out, you know, maybe a bitter if the first one survives. That's kind of the situation here, possibly. But it's kind of the worst cum shot kind of made it to the throne, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, look at uh, Jeb Bush, you know. Mm. Yes. <laughs> it's odd, though. You hear him talk and he's very he's a very also very good or not quite like George, who has a name of a person who's, you know, oh, George, very intelligent name. You know, guy's name is Jeb. He didn't stand a chance. No, Jeb no, he Bush. did not. No. If his name was George, he might have been the president. Very true. Jeb is not a presidential name. I'm sorry. No, Jeb is not a presidential name. Jeb is the guy who cleans the toilets <laughs> of the president. Yeah, not the president. <laughs> now, for today's episode, I wanted to talk about one of the most vile and terrible rulers of Rome throughout that span, spiraling the empire into near ruin after close to a century of unbridled growth and prosperity though far less known than any of the other five rulers that I've mentioned so far. He did become better known after the 2000 film Gladiator as the much maligned antagonist to Russell Crowe's Maximus. However, the real-life man was even more terrible and unlikable than Joaquin Phoenix's portrayal of the ruler that we are highlighting today, and that man is Emperor Commodus. It's been so long since I've seen that movie. I don't even remember that was him in it. Yeah, so I actually, it's its funny because he does such a good job King Phoenix. I just think of it as Commodus. Like when I think of Commodus, that's the portrayal like in my brain. But yeah, I actually watch that movie once every two or three years, probably. Okay. And not quite as much as Young Guns. But, you know, it's a, it's a, it's like a, it's on a fight like Fight Club. It's on a schedule, basically. <laughs> um, is Maximus a real person then? So Maximus is kind of, I think he was a real person. So this Commodus in real life did have people who were kind of like his, either, either his rivals or coming for the throne. I think Maximus was really more of a like, combination of many people. Okay. Um, I don't. I don't think it was like, so this whole movie obviously is not a 100% accurate portrayal of the whole situation. Completely fake or em embellished massively. Now, another fact I learned doesn't really have nothing to do with Gladiator. You know, he obviously gets crucified at the end. I am saddened to hear the news that <laughs> the Upside Down Cross is actually how I think it was St. Peter. I think that's who it is. Whoever mm. the first like Pope was. Oh, yeah. Wanted to be crucified upside down because he wasn't worthy enough to be crucified like Jesus, Jesus. was. 
So all you Satanists out there, you're actually (laughs) wearing a sigil (laughs) for that guy. And the Christians have no idea. They think it's satanic. So it's an interesting world sometimes. Yeah, we should start calling it St. Peter's Cross. Yeah. The upside down cross. <laughs> whoa, whoa. This is St. Peter's Cross. Yeah. Respect Don't impose the on man. my religion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's all it's all probably fake anyway. It's all myth. Maybe St. Peter <laughs> didn't exist either. But yeah, it's kind of funny. I mean, so at the end of the movie, obviously Maximus kills Commodus in the arena. That's not obviously that's not how it happened in real life. He was though killed by a fighter. Not really a gladiator. He was a fighter. Let's just say. Yeah. Yeah. Preceding the rule of Emperor Commodus were the reigns of the so-called five good emperors who ruled from 96 CE until 180 at a time of growth and increased wealth for the empire. What was, in fact, the golden age of the Roman Empire. This was at the tail end of what was known as the Pax Romana or Roman peace, which had started in 27 BCE with the reign of Augustus Caesar. During this period, Rome was as large and as stable as it ever would be, reaching its peak in 117 CE during the reign of Trajan. He was one of those five good emperors. Okay, so if they have five good emperors, does this mean Emperor Emperor Commodus? So is this... Did they base the movie how the emperor got his groove back off of Emperor <laughs> Commodus? Exactly. Okay. Yes. Yep. Disney just, <laughs> he just got- killed the ending, but yeah, how the emperor got his groove. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, Disney just censored it a little bit, but <laughs> Commodus. A little bit. Yeah, they left out a few things. I'm going to be. <laughs> hey, they've been known to, you know, uh, censor their material sometimes. Yeah. I mean, when it's called, so the Pax Romana or Great Peace, it's kind of a misleading name because it wasn't peaceful at all. You're talking about near constant war. I mean, the name for the month of March is named after the Roman god Mars because that's when you go to war. And they basically went to war almost every single year. They were sending people off to battle to either stabilize the empire or build it. Okay, let's be honest. I don't know if this is considered ancient history, but every place humans existed around this time and older, was there ever not people fighting? It didn't seem like that any peace in the whole world ever existed. I mean, Jesus, even back looking towards like thinking about like when humans were more animal than human i imagine those groups of animals were probably fighting each other yeah Uh, it probably happened a lot less when there were fewer humans when these family groups were spread further apart and were really competing but once cities started forming and there was something worth pillaging uh yeah you know it's kind of one of those deals where the worst like the worst of us basically was all the time back then on like just unstoppable everything so I mean, even in the last 200 years, I don't think there's ever been probably a single year that there hasn't been some sort of conflict going on on the earth. Yeah, we've actually, so the past, Jesus, for the past, I think, 70 or 80 years has been like the greatest peace that the earth has probably ever known. So even though there's a constant, there's there's a little war or a little battles like every single year, Right after the end of World War II, there, you know, before then, there were massive wars happening all over the earth. Yeah. And now they're kind of like smaller engagements. Yeah. So, but I mean, there's still, 
I don't, I can't ever envision a time where there isn't like a rebel group attacking a government or something oh, like yeah. that ever going to happen. Oh, definitely. Yeah. As long as, as long as there's two people who want the same piece of meat, there's going to be war pretty yeah. much, yeah. you know? So even it's insane to think, but you know, civilization has been around for thousands of years and there's just constant fighting and bloodshed. Yeah. So. Never end. Yep. Given the birth name Lucius Alois Aurelius Commodus, he was born on August 31st, 161 CE. In short, named Commodus for the rest of this episode for obvious reasons. He has a very long name. The second son of the highly successful and much loved emperor named the philosopher emperor Marcus Aurelius, the last of the five good emperors. Now, Commodus would eventually become heir to the Roman Empire. Uh, this was after his twin tragically passed away at the age of four. Him and his brother were twins. He was actually the younger. He was second to come out. Commodus was. His mother, Faustina the Younger, was wife and cousin to Marcus Aurelius and actually made up one half of a true power couple as her father, Antonio Pius. The fourth of the good emperors was the emperor who had died before Marcus took his uh, seat at power. With their union, promising that their only son would be guaranteed to sit on the seat of power after Marcus Aurelius's death. That is a complicated mother and father there and grandfather yeah, the, and grandmother and all that. Yeah, those family trees kind of grow into each other pretty okay. much. Yeah. Right. So the nep the nephew of the previous Roman Empire took over. That nephew married the Roman Empire, the Roman Emperor's daughter, who was his cousin, kind of deal. So Okay. All right. It's yeah. uh <laughs> I'm I'm glad at least in most sects of the world, this is a little bit outdated. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's really up until we talked about, you know, things just coming into the modern age, how th we think of things as normal. This was totally, this was completely normal back yeah, then. Yeah. Up until a few hundred years ago, this was the way it happened. You know, arranged marriages, marrying inside your own family to kind of keep the power bonds together. Yeah. We've all watched Game of Thrones. We know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I popularized by Game of Thrones. <laughs> now, Marcus, really, I mean, in the movie, uh, it shows Commodus kind of being passed over for power by Marcus Aurelius, meaning like, oh, Marcus Aurelius never really liked his son. This couldn't be further from the truth, as Marcus Aurelius felt uneasy about his son's position and wanted to let his subjects know that his son was, in fact, the sole heir and future emperor. And to cement this theory, he would bring his son on military conquests at a very young age, beginning at 11. For the mere fact that he came across, came along on the lands across the Danube River to the battlefields along with his father, he was given the honorary title of Germanicus, which means victorious in German or Germania at the time. Even though he was probably just sitting there. Oh, definitely. Yeah, he was probably sitting at headquarters just, you know, hanging out chilling and he got victorious in germania just for being there all right well i guess his dad is really pumping him up oh, oh definitely yeah and that's a legacy that exists to this day just extreme nepotism you know the the ceo father has his son 
basically work in a you know warehouse just fucking off for six months and all of a sudden now he's in charge of all of the warehouses yeah you know that kind of shit yep. i remember at best spy there was a uh the owner at the time who was the original owner before he got shuffled like 10 other ceos um they always told me they they used to have like a quote-unquote secret employee which was like oh. the guy's son and then they, he, they were just giving him a paycheck, but he didn't have to show up for work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One of those situations. The uh, yeah. Hunter Biden situation. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> now, at the end of his education, Marcus Aurelius would make Commodus Imperator in 176. And after a false rumor of Marcus Aurelius's death caused a massive power struggle to nearly erupt. Uh, though it would fall apart after it was realized that Marcus Aurelius hadn't died and the man behind it, the whole plot would be killed by his own centurions, Commodus would be made consul and co-ruler of Rome at the age of 16 in 177, really in an effort for the emperor just to make sure that everyone knew like, hey, I'm letting you fuckers know this is the guy, Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. I, I can just see already there's no way... A 16-year-old with this much power could possibly yeah. do anything wrong, right? Oh, definitely, yeah. Well, I mean, so it's the dad is still ruling, but he's like, <laughs> he basically, he's the vice president. You know, he's there to shake hands and, you know, wave at people. This makes him really the youngest consul ever in Roman history at, at the age of 16. It's basically, he's made, you know, he's given the position of ruler of the senate pretty much i'm trying to think of like what that equates to nowadays because technically consul is the emperor but it's one of those situations where it kind of separated out um so commodus would actually as being like co-ruler he would get his face on the money uh the evidence that he was co-ruler can be seen on the coinage of the day uh his image was actually placed on the reverse of the denarius at the time and you can see it down below so the one side's his dad and the yep. other side's him. Yeah, the bigger head, obviously, is Marcus Aurelius. And the tiny head is his son, Commodus. So if they do this every time they change an emperor, do all the old coinage is no good or what? It depends on the country. But yeah, usually they recall the coins. So I, I had a history of money class when I was in college. It's pretty interesting how they do it. They When there's a new ruler... They'll recall all the coins, give out new coins, and then melt down the coins for, you know, silver. Sometimes, though, what they'll do is they'll recall all the coins and then give them back to the people with a lower silver count. So instead of being like 99% silver, now they're like 85% silver, which fucks up the economy and all that extra silver goes into the coffers. So... Okay, there's another thing. We got violence, we got human greed. Never ends. Oh, definitely. I don't know if it was human greed in this, but it has happened, you know, a bunch of times throughout yeah. history. Yeah. So, yeah. And there was, you know, humans are assholes. Normal humans are assholes, too. There was something called clipping. A lot of those old coins that you see will have, like, flat edges because somebody, like, clipped off a little piece of silver. They would do that to old to the coins at the time to like collect a bunch of silver and like melt it down. So, wow. Okay. Yeah. That's why quarters still have those rough edges. Uh, it's called milling and it helps combat clipping. 
even though quarters are not silver anymore. Yeah, I was going to say, I think they've got rid of silver quite a while ago. Yeah, if you can find real silver quarters, they're obviously worth a ton of money Yeah, uh, because they're silver. Now, I don't even know what quarters are made out of. Probably fucking hog shit and magnesium or something like Can't that. Can't kill but... a fucking werewolf with, with them, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Definitely not. Don't even try. No. Now, as a child, Commodus was raised with the best of everything, including an education fit for the future ruler of Rome. However, it doesn't seem like this training took, as Commodus was regarded really as a simple-minded and cowardly figure, according to the historian Cassius Dio. Now, I have to say, historians back then aren't like the historians that we have today. Historians were like more storytellers, so they would embellish things. Uh, more contemporary historians... Uh, seemed to portray him, though, as an evil and tyrannical child. Um, by the age of 12, there's a story around that they say his bathwater wasn't to the temperature of his liking. This is a very common story told about. So because his bathwater wasn't to the uh, temperature of his liking, he ordered the servant responsible for his bath to be thrown into the furnace that heated his bathwater. Okay. All right. So this is like... Some, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a famous person's kid who is an asshole. I keep thinking oh. of Tom Hanks' son, Chet Hanks. But I think <laughs> that guy is just fucking unhinged. Um, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking of, uh, what's his name? Will Smith's kid is kind of weird and oh, fucked up. Oh, yeah. He's a fuck. Yeah. Um, God, somebody whose kid was an asshole. I mean, there's so many probably examples. The thing is, a lot of them, because their power, their father is still powerful, they're portrayed as like the sweetest kid. Yeah. Like, oh, they're the greatest kid. And they're really a fucking tyrant. It's just no one can say shit. I, I do. One of the videos I'll never forget, and I saw it a long time ago. So obviously, um, Paris Hilton, we always hear she does a lot of good things. You know, she's like not yeah. people made fun of her a lot, but she's not really a bad person. Her her brother, who's younger, I think. There's always a video of him causing ruckus on a plane, right? And yeah. they're kicking him off. And he goes, do you know who my fucking father is? And I'm like, yikes. Yeah, it's because his father is the fucking, what, that huge, the Hilton yeah. hotel brand? All the yeah. hotels, yeah. So obviously mm -hmm. he's rich as hell. And they're just supposed to bend over backwards because he's acting like an asshole just because his dad's rich as hell. She, He should have went with, do you know who the fuck my sister is? Maybe that would have gotten him a little, True. depending on the year. If it True. was about 10 years ago, that might have gotten him, you know, maybe you're okay. Your sister's I think, really I think they would have beat him worse if, uh, if he said, <laughs> I don't know. He's a fucking little tool. That's all I know. Do you know who my sister is? She's got the golden clam. <laughs> <laughs> you can watch her blow a guy in a hotel room. <laughs> it's going to make her famous. Now, the story ends with another servant coming to his aid and actually throwing a sheepskin into the furnace rather than the man that he was supposed to kill. The rancid smell of the wool and sheepskin satisfied the young prince's bloodlust. However, this story may not be completely accurate. As I mentioned, Cassius Dia, he wrote this only after the death of Commodus for obvious safety reasons. Also, like I mentioned, he was doing this for entertainment, possibly to also kind of accommodate some of the senators who were the enemy of Commodus. Okay, that makes sense, yeah. You know, obviously I haven't read Roman historian stuff, but I remember yeah. on like um, 
hardcore history, he was like talking about something Herodotus. in the yeah. Herodotus, probably. One of the most yeah. famous historians who bent the truth, let's call it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I get what you're talking about. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, you got to kind of think about it with, you know, you take it as true, but embellished. One of those situations. Also, there were stories about the young prince sending people that he didn't like to be eaten by wild animals. He also had a predilection for serving people he didn't like food with feces in it. Like I said, all of these told posthumously and possibly for entertainment purposes. But you got to think if they're even a little bit, there's always a little bit of truth behind that kind of shit. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, this kid kind of sounds like fucking Joffrey from uh, from Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. <laughs> That's yes. who he's reminding yeah. me of so far. If this is true, you know, obviously we can never verify it. This so far, this reminds me a lot of. Do you remember the story of Elizabeth Bathory? Yep. Where they're like. <clears throat> In hindsight, they're like, oh, she killed and tortured all these women, these virgin women, soaked herself in their blood, blah, 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 blah. But there's a possibility this is all made up just to make her look bad because they wanted to steal her empire, right? Um, I'm not saying, obviously, he's doing that for this reason, but maybe after we finish this and you're like, we're like, wow, this guy is a fucking asshole. Maybe yeah. he really wanted to make him look bad. Yeah. So, I mean, really, who knows what would have happened if Commodus would have made it all the way. I'm going to spoil it a little bit. He dies about, you know, I think 12 or 13 years into his rule, but okay. around 12, 13 years. The thing is, if he would have lived to be an old man, who knows what would have happened? Maybe all of this was exaggerated from like little things that happened. Uh, maybe he would have ended up doing, you know, great things, but also it might have like silenced some of the historians. You know what I mean? True, like, very true. If he lived to old age, he could have silenced those historians, and the only historians would have known of like maybe the good things that he did, right. or being allowed to told the good things. So very true, very true. Now, during the reign of Marcus Aurelius, Rome was engaged in seemingly endless war whether it be conquest or putting down far-flung rebellion, with his death coming while engaged in battle with Germanic tribes once again in Eastern Europe. He would pass away in what is now modern-day Vienna, supposedly from natural causes, possibly the plague. Uh, it was really no secret that in his later years, Marcus Aurelius was not in the best of health. Now, this differs greatly from the movie, which portrays his son killing him after hearing that he was not going to be his successor. Yeah. So, okay. yeah. Uh, there's also kind of theories that maybe Commodus poisoned him or, you know, uh, stabbed him, that sort of thing. But it's pretty much, you know, it would it was widely known that he was in bad health and he died in his bed. Do you know how old he would have been? Well, he ruled for about 19 years. Uh, he was born in 121 and he died in 180. So he was about 59 years old. This okay. is according to Wikipedia. So Okay, always trusted. Um, I yep. mean, pretty good, pretty good run for someone in this time period. Oh, yeah. I mean, think about all the little things that you got treatment for and, you know, recovered from. All of those things would have hampered you your entire life back then. So to live to be 59, you would be you know, still suffering from pro things that happened to you in your 20s. 
So, and I'm sure he was probably living a gluttonous life too if he was an emperor. Yeah. So supposedly he was he was much more pious than what we think of like as a Roman emperor. But still, I mean, he would have had you know the richest food, uh, you know the best shit. He'd have been banging whores without <laughs> condoms. Yeah. So yeah, and I mean, like I said, you know, he's still nursing a paper cut from when he was a teenager, probably that got infected or some shit like that. Right. You know. Right. Yeah. Like the latest Game of Thrones, how he got uh, a little stabby and ended up rotting away. <laughs> I don't know if you watched the the new House of Dragon. But yeah, I did. Yeah, basically his whole body rotted away. That was fucking yeah. disgusting. Yeah. But after his father's death, it would seem that Commodus would take the Empire in a completely different direction, making very quick peace with all of his father's Germanic tribal enemies, escaping to the comforts of Rome on the advice of some of his new young aristocratic advisors. He would return to Rome, of course, as a triumphant general even giving a parade better known as a triumph in his honor upon his return being seen as a youthful kind of charismatic ruler he was giving common romans an optimism for the future that had less war in it uh, like his father had brought so he made peace but he made it seem like he conquered him is that kind of what it was or he just they were happy he made peace yeah basically he cut and ran and then told everyone that he was victorious kind of how it sounds one of those situations the old trump yeah we know that yeah he uh (laughs) he probably what george w bush should have done cut and ran and you know had a parade and then got us out of fucking afghanistan and iraq right we might not be so many trillion in debt right now very true now with many of his father's old advisors like still at the core of like the ruling of the empire really the day-to-day stuff the empire wasn't really affected that horribly at first, and it seemed that Commodus's reign would go pretty well in the first one or two years after uh, Marcus Aurelius's death. However, a botched assassination attempt in 182 by his eldest sister would lead to a decades-long spiral into madness. Oh, okay. You don't hear about his sister trying to kill the, the sibling very often. Well, she had a really high title of Augustian or Augustana, something like that. Something that she had gotten from her husband who had died. It's not clear if Lucia, which was his sister's name, who tried to kill him, was actually going for the power or trying to get someone else into power. But uh, she definitely did not want him to be uh, in charge anymore, according to history. Yeah, because I assume... During this time, a woman couldn't be an emperor. Uh, I mean, maybe she could rule like kind of from the shadows or as regent, one of those situations. But no, I do not think they would allow her to be empress, like the monarch. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. Now, like I said, early on, his sister Lucia wanted to unseat her brother and hatched a plot alongside some of the members of the Senate against her brother Commodus. This is according to the historian Duro. As Commodus passed through a dark passageway that led to the amphitheater, an assassin fell upon him with a poniard or dagger, crying out, This is what the Senate sends thee. But he was disarmed before striking the blow, and his impudent words cost many senators their lives. Now, 
because he basically monologued rather than attacking the royal guards were able to come in and grab him so he actually wasn't allowed to attack the emperor so if he didn't go all theater kid on this guy he might have actually killed him yeah he thought it was going to be like a big like production like you know if you go and see a play you'll see someone monologuing before they stab but in real life the bodyguards just came in and grabbed him (laughs) so (laughs) this is this is why you do not get a discount assassin oh definitely yeah you always hire out of town guy yeah who uh (laughs) who knows what they're doing and you can that's the rule of uh small town murder always know that if you can afford it they're cops yeah definitely yeah (laughs) this is what uh, tiger king is a hard lesson for him to learn oh yeah if you hear the price that the assassin is gonna charge to kill your enemy and you think oh wow that's not that bad walk away and just say oh no i was just kidding and then just walk away (laughs) Now, there are theories as to why Lucia wanted to take down her brother Commodus. One of those being that she was jealous of the influence his new wife was now wielding over her brother. There was another theory that, mirroring the plot of the movie Gladiator, there may have been some past incest happening between the two of them, and, you know, the new wife kind of shook things up for Thirdly, and probably a more likely theory was that Lucia had seen his growing mental instability and perhaps wanted to save Rome itself or the legacy of her family from the psychosis of her kin. So she was, she might, if that is true, have been more of a hero than anything if it would have happened. Yeah, possibly rather than what happened. Uh, which was kind of, you know, being relegated to the footnotes of history. She may have come out a hero kind of situation. Okay. But it, that didn't happen. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the assassin fucked up and the whole everything just fell apart. So how did he know it was her? Basically, uh, so in the wake of the failed assassination, Commodus, like rightly so, took out his vengeance on the two perpetrators who were directly involved with the plot. Uh, like I said... When he when he said the words, this is what the Senate sends thee, he figured out that it was the senators. He also figured out once they started interrogating the senators that his sister was behind this as well. He would also begin purging members of the Senate that he had suspected of being behind the tempt. His sister, though, wouldn't be killed. She would be exiled to the island of Capri. Okay, where the hell is that? It's out in the Mediterranean. It's okay. I mean, it's kind. Of, it's a small island. It's it's not that important. It's it, like I said. She's kind of a footnote in all of this. In the movie, she's much more important. It's kind of the the triangle love affair type deal that was happening in the movie. But really, like in real life, not as important in the next you know twelve years, next ten okay. years. Well, I guess it's nice he didn't kill her. Yeah, that was a nice thing. He kind of he let her live. Basically, he just sent her away as far like exiled her completely out of the game. Now she's just chilling on a beach, having some mixed drinks with a sexy man, probably serving him to her. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know exactly. Pre. I mean, it sounds kind of nice. Actually, considering like 99.9% of everyone living in the Roman Empire was either poor or a slave, I would say she probably had a pretty decent time, but who knows? She may have been imprisoned out there. 
So it's not really, I mean, it's, it, it's not really talked about much what actually happened to her out there. Uh, maybe there's some historians who talk about it, but who knows, you know, who knows if it's true well, or not. It's gotta be. I didn't really see anything. It's gotta be pretty nice if they named the island after that soft drink with the shitty straws yeah. on it. Yes, Capri Suns. Maybe the, all the liquid kids live here. Maybe that's what's going on there. Yeah. I I do remember that came out at the same time as Terminator 2. So all of the commercials were liquid metal. The I, Capri I, Sun commercials. I feel like Capri Sun probably should have sued um, James Cameron for stealing their idea. Which one do you think came out first? <laughs> the commercials or the movie? I'm being facetious here, Phil. Oh, okay. I, gotcha. I'm pretty sure <laughs> the T2 did. Yeah, the movie came out. But no, those are some great commercials. Uh, horrible fucking little drinks, though. Yeah. Because I, I remember everyone, like, you weren't cool unless you had one. But you could never quite get the fucking straw to stab the first time just right. Right. And if the straw bent, you were fucked. Yeah. You can't drink it any way, other way. Oh, yeah, definitely. Now, in the next 10 years of his reign... Commodus's mental state, like I mentioned, would continue to decline, with his vices and demands beginning to spiral out of control. Now, had this happened to any common citizen of the empire, it would, of course, not mattered at all, as a poor person can't really have much effect. However, when you are the most powerful and influential man, and arguably the most powerful and influential empire in history, you tend to get what you want. And what Commodus wanted was a little bit out there. Yeah, okay. Um, I'm excited to hear what he wanted. He's reminded me a lot of Ted Nugent with that last statement there. Um, he's kind of <laughs> going off the deep end a little bit, and Ted gets what Ted wants. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know if he's as gluttonous as Ted Nugent is, but we'll have to see. I don't know. If you have any Ted Nugent stories there. Like <laughs> so. Ted Nugent is like a gun glutton and a kind of conspiracy theorist, but he really doesn't like Barack Obama and he promises it's not because he's black. Oh yeah. I remember. So whenever I think of Ted Nugent, I'm thinking of the, the younger, like the famous rocker and not uh, the crazy right wing conspiracy theorist. one. Well, that's what I'm saying. Commodus, he was normal and then he's going off the deep end. True. Yeah. Okay. Now, firstly, Commodus was a total glutton. It was said that his harem was filled to the brim with young women and boys, 600 in total, 300 of each. Now, besides sexual conquest, Commodus also enjoyed drinking and gambling very much. So these were just a few of the extreme vices that the mad ruler had had. And because of this, Commodus didn't really bother with the day-to-day -day of ruling the empire, oftentimes leaving the business of state to one of his corrupt advisors, whom, of course, did terrible jobs of running the show. And in one way or the other, he had all of them killed. He was wow. always on the lookout for potential usurp. He gets tired of running things, so he's just like, oh, you just run it. Or they start running it without him really noticing it. And then once he notices that they're kind of in charge, it's taken away from him. So he basically has them done away with. Sounds a lot like upper management to me. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is what they, <laughs> they find, do. They find one of their subordinates who does a good job, has them things. And then when they realize that they're doing too good of a job, 
they just fucking get them out of there. They'll just make up some story about uh, something and be like, we got to let you go. This behavior is inappropriate for this workplace. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, definitely. Now, besides indulging himself in the pleasures that his seat of power provided, he also had a lust for blood, enjoying the gladiator contest that marked the era. Uh, Inside of the arenas, he loved watching defeated opponents get murdered. Obviously, everyone knows the thumbs up and the thumbs down. There was one story where he had given the thumbs down and the combatants who had been victorious were hesitant to kill the losers. So he tied all of them together and forced each of the men to kill each other until one man survived. Wow. Okay. Sounds like some shit Dick Cheney would do. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's kind of, I mean, I don't know if it's happened all the time, but one of the big things about those gladiatorial, in our minds, we always think it was always to the death. Really, it was almost hardly ever to the death. I mean, you know, gladiators would often live to fight another day. Uh, if there was a huge Sarah, if there was a huge festival, maybe there was more death than usual. But I mean, you got to think it was expensive holding these games, training these men, feeding them. The people who sponsored these men did not want their men to be killed. That no, sort of thing. No, that's their uh, that's their honey basket. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's their it's a group of slaves that they owned. They did not want their slaves being killed. Right. Kind of putting it in the fucking, you know, it's the worst thing that we can think of now. But back then, completely normal. Right. So right now, not only did Commodus like to watch these events, he also fancied himself a great fighter, even believing that he was a great and popular gladiator, just like the others, and he would challenge these gladiators to combat, non-lethal, of course, inside the Colosseum, fighting these men with wooden swords. He would be undefeated, obviously, winning every match, as his victims would not want to try to win, because you understand, you know, defeating the Emperor wasn't really good for your future. Uh, No. Basically, what would happen is he would never really kill these men supposedly he would harm them though uh they would obviously leave themselves wide open and he would just beat the shit out of them with the wooden sword yeah unfortunately i think jeff bezos would probably do this to his workers as well um you you definitely (laughs) when it's the boss you know you don't want you got to make him look good because this is all bullshit anyway yeah, I uh, just listened to the, got, oh, I think it's over now. The last podcast on the left highlighted David Miscavige. Yeah. It sounds like yep. something he would do. Most oh, definitely. without a doubt. Yeah, David Miscavige. So uh, there's one kind of thing from that I found. Uh, Herodotin wrote, in his gladiatorial combats, he defeated his opponents with ease, and he did no more than wound them, since they all submitted to him but only because they knew he was the emperor, not because he was truly a gladiator. I wish one of them would have just fucked him up. Just oh, like yeah. he gets in there, just they just destroy him. <laughs> one of the gladiators just had a bad morning and was like, you know what? Not today. And just cracked him over the head with the wooden sword. <laughs> <laughs> he- Supposedly, though, I should say Commodus, I mean, a... Even and you think of an emperor as being soft. They had some of the best combat training that you could get. 
and they were in very good health compared to you know other men of the time so he probably was skilled at sword the problem is he never had any like real fighting experience no one was ever like really going he's probably strong because he's well fed versus everybody who's not oh definitely yeah he (laughs) he has yeah he has actually like a good fucking constitution everyone else is near death because they've been sleeping in cages pretty much right right absolutely yeah, uh, in in the movie, obviously, Gladiator, it ends with a gladiatorial combat in the arena. Uh, the difference, obviously, is he, of course, didn't die in the arena. He never fought with real swords. Um, but just like in the movie, uh, Commodus' portrayal by Joaquin Phoenix, he was a good fighter. He just wasn't, obviously, as good as Maximus. Uh, but the Commodus in real life, he was skilled with a sword. Okay, but he probably would have got taken out by gladiators the champions would have killed him most definitely yeah Yeah. one of those it's the situation where the jobbers the people who were brought in kind of to if we believe that gladiatorial combats were maybe not as you know real every single kind of like pro wrestling you know there's works sometimes i mean some of the lower ranking gladiators probably would have died but the champions probably would have fucked him up. Yeah, yeah, very true. Now, not being satisfied with merely fighting in non-lethal combat matches, Commodus also ordered scores of animals to be brought into the ring, either in nets or caged, to be killed by his own hand, at a safe distance, of course, with either a javelin or a lance, sometimes from an elevated platform, over the animals so that he would definitely not get hurt. I almost thought he was going to fight an animal for real, but then, of course, he did it in a controlled, very fairly safe environment. Yeah, no. If he's going to kill a lion, that thing's going to be in a cage. Definitely. The spectators had to be like, this sucks. Oh, no. You got to understand. It's the fucking emperor. So you are out there cheering. It's imagine if David Miscavige is doing this. All those Scientologists are going to be cheering as loud as they can because they know they're going to get fucking slapped if they don't. Yeah, <laughs> if but they don't cheer as loudly when, as they can. When so s- even like this, even the senators in attendance have to cheer as loudly as they can. I'm talking about their inner monologue. They have to be oh, talking yeah. shit. Obviously, you can't read their mind, but I'm sure Definitely. they're talking shit about them. I would say the the bourgeoisie, like the higher society people were probably thinking about this. The poor people were probably just amazed to be like eating real food and to be out of the streets. You know, they probably believed all the stories that he was having being told about him. You know, he's this great general and this killer of animals. Then they see him killing a fucking giraffe from a platform thinking, oh, wow, what a great man. You know, Uh, a giraffe, the most dangerous animal known to man. Yeah. You also got to realize, too, that the the common folk of the Roman Empire, how uneducated and (laughs) you also got to realize, too, this is probably the most entertaining thing they've seen in their entire life. Live combat. You know, yeah, that's uh, that's a valid point. Yeah. Now, among the animals killed in the arena by the Mad Emperor were bears, lions, elephants, hippopotami, rhinoceros, leopards giraffes uh, also other kind of strange and exotic animals sometimes hundreds at a time so 
it's pretty amazing they could even get a fucking rhino or hippopotamus there. Yeah, so for, since, I mean, obviously since, you know, the gladiatorial combat, since all these arenas opened, there were always hunters going down to Africa, out into Europe, trying to find animals to be killed in the arena. They would come there, they would get an easy payday once the Empire, you know, paid. to. There's a, in the movie Gladiator, they talk about... Um, one of the guys who's putting on a show talking about the drafts not being to his liking, that sort of thing. What do you think about the draft wasn't to his liking? Like, the size of it? Oh! So you don't probably remember this part in the So the drafts weren't to his liking because they weren't fucking. He was calling them gay drafts. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. why the drafts weren't to his liking. Okay, I got I thought it was, like, too small. I'm just thinking, like, how God is such a big animal. It'd have to be like a giant cart with like an extended <laughs> neck on it or something. I, <laughs> I don't know how the fuck they haul in that thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, from what I've seen about like giraffes, once you kind of get them a little bit domesticated, they're pretty much just happy eating and just laying around, not doing much. So very true. <laughs> Very yeah. true. It, we saw it's that. not like you have to worry about one like attacking you. Apparently, they do attack with their heads. They like whip their head around. That's their big attack. But yeah, it uh, probably hurts. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there was a shit ton of like crazy exotic animals. Probably a lot of fucking animals stinks now because of this reason. Because the Romans went through Africa and were hunting them down. Uh, I just watched a documentary about a bear that lived mostly in Morocco that was completely hunted to extinction by these Romans coming for this purpose for the gladiatorial combats. Uh, oh. I just want to also mention too, there was one occasion where Commodus would use crescent shaped arrows. The arrowheads were crescent shaped. He shot off the heads of large flocks of ostriches. And after they were decapitated, they continued to run around the arena as the crowd cheered. Yeah. Just like a chicken, I suppose. Um, yep, just a big ass chicken running around. I assume these were in cages as well. No, no, they were out of their cages. He, he was just from a distance and fired arrows to lob their heads off. And then they ran around. Pretty that good was shot. part of the show was them running around. He's a pretty good shot then. He must be. I mean, they said that it was a flock of ostriches. So he must have just been aiming for like a group of them for their heads. Gotcha. Very. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, they may have been corralled, too, at the time. <laughs> now, not only was this totally unbecoming of an imperial ruler, also, this was extremely expensive for the state, as not only did the exotic animals and the gladiators cost a lot of money after they were culled, Commodus himself charged a massive sum just for the pleasure of watching the Golden One compete inside the arena. He would charge Rome's treasury, supposedly, 25,000 pieces of silver or denarius for every match that he'd ever fought in. Wow. Okay, so he wasn't charging the spectators. He was charging the, the Roman treasury. Wow, okay. So is this motherfucker going to bankrupt the whole... <laughs> empire he kind of did okay yeah. so i mean it's super i mean just having him show up it's super it's like having brock lesnar it's super expensive but the crowd loves it one of those situations the problem is it's as if brock lesnar is 
booking himself in these matches and saying, now you're going to pay me this much money. You think Brock Lesnar's worth that, that much? To have him, like for when the WWE has him come up, yeah, it costs a lot of money. He's an attraction, one of those things. Okay, all right. Yeah. Now, Commodus would allegedly compete inside the Coliseum 735 times, which if we take that 25,000 pieces of silver as an average, was about 18.4 million pieces of silver in total. Wow. Okay. Yeah. They would have had to have, like, raised taxes or something for this, right? Well, in order to pay for the state, he did. I'll get into it a little bit later, how he did it. But, yeah, basically, the five good emperors left Rome in a very good state financially, and he tore that down. This is like the end of the Golden Age because of Commodus. Like, we were talking about if his sister and the senators had succeeded, it would kind of be like a little footnote. Like, oh, there was this kind of crazy guy that almost became emperor of Rome. In a different universe, in a different dimension, that happened. And things went completely differently. But in this fucking dimension... Like this happened. One of those situations. So if he was charging for him to be there, was he just taking that money for himself then? Yes, pretty much. Wow. Okay. All right. Spending it on what, you know, I don't even know what, like at that time, what could you even buy for 18 million? You're getting everything free from the state anyway. So maybe he was just (laughs) stashing it away or buying more wine and whores and whatnot. Fighting off werewolves. Possibly. Yeah. Yeah. Fighting saw, off werewolves. You saw Twilight. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. So it kind of reminds me. So back in the attitude, Vince McMahon used to have him wrestle himself wrestle a lot. And of course, he's Vince. So he's booking all of the matches. So imagine if Vince McMahon booked himself in all of these matches and then paid himself millions of dollars every time. That's pretty much like what's happening here. The people who put on these shows have no choice but to kind of acquiesce to him and allow him to be inside the arena, have him kill scores of their animals and gladiators, and then basically have to pay him for the pleasure of having him fuck them over. Honestly, I wouldn't put that past Vince McMahon. I, there's no proof. Yeah. But I wouldn't put it past him. <laughs> yeah, that he that he kills scores of animals or that he pays himself extra whenever he wrestles. Oh, both. Definitely both. both. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Allegedly. Now, in allegedly, of course. Yeah, he's a very powerful man. In one truly bizarre event, Commodus had rounded up men who had lost their feet. Uh, this was either from battle, disease, malnutrition, and basically walking around the streets of Rome, you would get little cuts and it's all piss and shit. So you're going to get infected. But these people were very infirmed. He rounded them up and had them dressed as monsters from myth and legend. Uh, these monsters supposedly had snakes for legs. So he would have these infirm men have snake tails attached to the remaining limb. And really Commodus just kind of came along and slaughtered these men as if he was the hero. Wow. What the fuck? Yeah. That's yeah, fucking exactly. wild. Yeah, so apparently in the story, these monsters were giants and they had snakes for legs. One of those old kind of myths that, you know, probably changed a little bit every time one of the oral historians told the story. But he heard that story, thought, oh, that would be a good show for the people. And then 
just killed all of these people who were didn't have any, you feet. know, handicapped basically. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So he put him in the arena, dressed him up like a snake or snake bottoms, I guess, and then just killed him. Yeah. He basically made them hobble around with the tails of snakes tied or sewn to their remaining limbs and then ran around and killed them all. Yikes. Yeah. Pretty, pretty fucked up. Very guy. fucked up. I think, it, I yeah. think that gets a very, yeah, very. I mean, here's the thing, though, too. Obviously, historians back then kind of embellished things. So we don't know if this is exactly true, but there's always at least a little bit of truth coming out of these tales. So, yeah, even if even if it's kind of true, it's going to be fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. sure he did something <laughs> bad along. the. Oh, I'm I mean, here's the thing. He was in charge for 12 years uh, I'm just going through some of the things that he did. Like mm. I'm giving four instances. Who right. knows what else he did? Right. This is just kind of the chart toppers, basically. Greatest hits of him. Greatest hits. Yeah. I have to also say at this time, he was killing his rivals in the Senate. He was killing his rival. Like anyone who kind of came into prominence, say he had to send someone out to go put down a rebellion out in you know, some outflung kind of region of Rome. If they did too good, he would try to have them, you know, either exiled or killed, that sort of thing. He was really kind of the situation. Anyone who stuck out their neck got their head lobbed off pretty much. Yeah, just kind of like what, uh, I mean, what Stalin did really. Yeah, basically what you think of corporations now, don't do too good or too bad of a job. Because yeah. the same thing will happen to you in both situations. Absolutely. That sort of thing. Not being content with simply being the undefeated champion of the Coliseum. Commodus also thought himself in these early years as a god. Dressing up as Mercury during his early fights. Appearing nearly naked. Wearing pretty much just a tunic. Now this was to the chagrin of the Roman Senate. Of course, though, they had to applaud and approval every time they saw their leader's insane antics out on the field. Wow. Okay. Yeah. This man is crazy. Yeah. I mean, I keep mentioning pro wrestling, but I keep thinking of pro wrestling every time because I've read so much about his time kind of like he dresses up in crazy costumes and goes out there. He does these like weird kind of kind of like the old territorial days when they used to have like fighting bears and shit come in that sort of stuff it's kind of like that he's just basically he's a crowd pleaser really he just didn't have a Ric Flair to like go up against him he thought he was the Ric Flair (laughs) that's the problem he thought he was fucking Hulk Hogan Ric Flair fucking you know Savage and Ricky Steamboat he thought he was all of those guys one that's the problem I've the seen, ultimate showman, I've the center seen, of attention. I've seen some clips where Flair was like the heel. Flair was at Flair was usually the heel. So <laughs> getting off topic here. Uh, Rick Flair spent most of his career as the heel. He did some of his best work as the heel. Uh, he was only the good guy for a little bit during his WCW run. And it, it's not great. You want him to be the heel. Yeah. Yeah. Because you want his face to turn bright red for... Why he's screaming and just spitting all bullshit. Yeah, definitely. It He was great. You got to watch some of the old stuff. Absolutely. Later, though, Commodus considered himself to be the Roman Hercules. 
with his father in actuality being the god Jupiter. And because of this, he would begin dressing just like the kind of depictions of the ancient Hercules with the lion skins and the lion skull on top of his head. He would appear as the Greek hero in public and, of course, had statues made of himself. Uh, he would have a bust that survives to this day made of him wearing the lion's head. Also, though, the 100-foot Colossus statue. Uh, basically, it was outside of where the Colossus was built, which is why the Colosseum, the Flavian Amphitheater, is called the Colosseum, is because of this 100-foot Colossus statue. It was of Nero, but then after Nero's death, for obvious, obvious reasons, they changed it to the sun god. Basically, he had the head taken off of it, and he had a depiction of his own head put on top of it with a lion's skull on top. So if you gotcha. scroll down a little bit, that first one is the bust where he's wearing the lion's head on top of his head. The next one is the Colossus. Huh. It's a 100-foot statue. I, I they're, they're pretty cool statues. I can't lie about that. Yeah, I don't exactly know. So the Colossus might not still exist, but definitely the bus still exists. The Colossus, though, may have been, may not be there anymore. Come to think about it. I got to say this, though. He is about as insane as Kevin Sarbo is. So maybe he, <laughs> <laughs> maybe he does have a little bit of Hercules in him. Possibly. Yeah, that's uh, that was a great TV show from the old. It's it's not exactly the depiction that we think of so the depiction that we think of more kevin sorbo now obviously you know the landmark tv show but really the kind of ancient depiction is wearing like the lion's head and the lion skins kind of you know dressed as a basically a greek warrior yeah i i have a feeling because you know obviously hercules was a big show but it was on like a smaller network if i remember right there ain't no way oh, they're, yeah. they're dishing out money for a fucking lion skull. Yeah, and it was syndicated, so it never had like a network time. It was never on at the same time in different regions. So for us, I believe it was on like Saturday night after Star Trek or something like that, or Sunday night, one of those one of those nights. It was first it was Hercules, then Xena, then it was Xena, then Hercules when Xena became more popular. But yeah, Xena. Yeah, it was a Xena's a bad bitch. Oh, yeah, it was a great show. I, I definitely, I liked Hercules when it first started, but then I liked Xena a lot more, especially the, through the teenage years. You start, uh, you know, that Lucy start getting the liking for the bad girl. That Lucy Lawless, man. Woo. Yeah, it was, it was a great show. I think she's uh, a New Zealander, I believe. I Yeah, I think a lot, so a lot, it was filmed in New Zealand. I watched a documentary about both of the shows. I'm pretty sure that the whole thing was filmed in New Zealand. They got a lot of the actors from there. I just remember one episode in particular of Curb Your Enthusiasm where Larry David asks her out. It's like her in real life, but, and of course, she's like this beautiful woman and he's fucking clown the whole episode, but it's, uh, it, it's great. Larry David's about a hundred years old. Yeah. yeah. Hey, he's probably, a, I don't know how many billions he has, but he's probably doing just fine. He's still still living off that Seinfeld money. Yeah. Now, in Commodus's final years as emperor, he definitely went off the rails even more than before, deciding that not only was he, you know, a living god, the golden one, Hercules reborn, he was also the founder of Rome. 
this was a new Rome, which he would rename after himself, of course, Colonia Comadiana or Commodus Camo- City. Wow. He would all, yeah, he would also rename the Senate after himself, the Roman Legion, the entire Roman Empire. He would rename days of the week, months in the year. Uh, basically, all of this, of course, went back to normal after he died. But he kind of went on a spree, just naming shit after himself. So, okay, I this is what happens when you never tell a kid no. Yep. Like, yikes. I mean, I, I just from hearing all this crazy shit, clearly he has something wrong with him. Oh, definitely, yeah. And I mean... <sighs> So a lot of this may be mental illness. Maybe he was just, you know, it's one of those things where a rich person, say you win the lottery and you think, oh yeah, I'll just lead a normal life now, blah, blah, blah. But then you start getting bored and you start more and more needs to like excite you. Maybe it's one of the situations where he just needed more and more. He had had everything his entire life. So he was just taking it to the limits. Also, he really was at odds with the Senate who he believed was trying to kill him. So everything he did may have been just to piss off his rivals. That sort of situation too. But to do all this stuff, you almost have to be just not even realizing what you are. You're you are everything to this empire and you're just letting it crumble underneath your fucking feet pretty much. Well, I mean, you got to consider his dad very clearly had been grooming him and pumping him up and you know, obviously he probably didn't mean for this to happen, but if this guy, no, he, he he probably wanted to give him some, but yeah, not this. No, he's probably trying to groom him into like a ruler like he was. But sometimes uh, you get a person who's born with a personality like this guy, and then uh, then you got problems. Yeah, I kind of I kind of glazed over it a little bit right away at the episode. But Marcus Aurelius, he according to historians, was not very impressed with how his son was doing with his education, that sort of thing. But it's one of those deals where it's like, no, that's my boy. He's going to take over the family business. Family business is Rome. So it's him, him or no one. Pretty much. Yeah. I should also say too, you mentioned before, like how was he paying for all? So one of the reasons why he really wasn't overthrown, he was a man of the people, the people like the commoners, they loved him. Basically, Every time he would do all this crazy shit with all the games, he would also give away tons of food. He would give away treasures that, you know, Rome had built up over the years. He would just give this shit away. The poor people, they don't see what's going on like the Roman senators and the and the upper class do. All that they see is kind of, you know, what they're being told to see and what they could see with their own eyes. I have bread in my hands because the emperor gave it to me. That sort of situation. He paid for all of it by like increasing the taxes exponentially on the Roman senators and the rich people in the empire, which of course does not make friends with, you know, the wealthy who you need to be friends with also. So he's a little bit good in that way, I guess. Yeah, it's I mean, here's the thing. He raised taxes on the rich, which is great. The problem is he wasted all of the money and paid himself. So, yeah, he didn't do he didn't go all the way with helping the poor people. Yeah. If he would have raised taxes and then did a bunch of like public works stuff, if he would have helped the poor kind of like raise the, the lower people up, that would, he would be considered one of the greatest, you know, 
and didn't fuck so many whores, didn't drink so much, didn't fight in the gladiator ring. We might think of him as the sixth of the six great emperors. Yeah. So just like I said at the beginning of the episode, it could have went the completely other direction, but it didn't. But it didn't. But it didn't. Uh, New Year's Eve or around there kind of deal. 192 CE. Commodus would be poisoned in a plot between, once again, opposing senators and possibly the one person that could get close enough to harm him, which was his favorite concubine, Marcia. Now, this was to poison him to try to kill him. However, it didn't kill him outright. And he would feel very sick and he would want to go take a bath. Once again, he really likes his bath. So Commodus was in his bath and a man snuck in his room. This was the famous wrestler slash gladiator Narcissus. Narcissus came to his bath and strangled Commodus to death. The the weakened Commodus, of course, you know, from the poison, was not able to fight him off. All right. So... (laughs) You weren't kidding about the wrestling analogies here. Um, yep. Pro wrestler ended up killing him. Yeah. That's all right. Yeah. Well, I, <laughs> it's just funny. It's, it's gotta be weird. You're in the bath. You're sick. You're not feeling great. And this probably fairly buff man comes in and just, uh, Oh, Narcissus. Yeah. Yeah. He is the, like what we think of as like the Roman ideal. That is Narcissus. Oh, I was kind of curious about that. I don't know. I don't know if he was a narcissist, but <laughs> I guess. Okay. Yeah, that's kind of. <laughs> all right. He was like he was like the best looking of all of the you know famous gladiators, whatnot. The best body, all that stuff. Gotcha. So was anybody sad after he was dead? So the thing is, Commodus was still a young man. Obviously, very self absorbed self-absorbed a person like that is not going to name an heir because they obviously think they're going to live forever i mean he was only in his like late 20s at the time so he was in power for 12 years he got the yeah so he took over when he was about 19 he was in in power for about 12 years so he was like 30 so a 30 year old's not going to name an heir so they went on for about five or six months without an heir before one of the city rulers actually took over as emperor it ended the entire dynasty that he came from the poor people obviously loved him because of all the you know the free stuff that they got from him he taxed the rich he put on huge games that they loved and they loved seeing him fight in the arena even if it was you know fake matches yeah uh the rich people obviously loved the fact that he was gone they went into fucking action to get rid of everything that he did. Also to wipe any good shit away that he did and leave only the bad. Like I said, they changed back the Colossus to the normal face rather than his his head and his face. I have a feeling rich people are going to do this when Bernie Sanders, if he's if it's possible for him to die. Um, yeah. I'm not sure yet. But uh, when he dies, they're definitely going to spend all their money deleting that meme of him with his legs crossed and his mittens on. Do you remember that one? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he Yeah, I do. He uh he's a stain against them and he they probably are going to eradicate him from existence. Um okay, so all right, he's dead. How long does the Roman Empire survive like post this guy dying? So 
it's kind of that's kind of a hard question to answer because the Western Roman Empire lives on for I think another three hundred ish years after this before the Germanic tribes about two fifty three hundred ish years before the Germanic tribes finally invade the city of Rome and take down uh, that entire kind of half of the empire. Before that time, though, the empire was actually split into east and west, with the east being ruled out of um, Byzantium, Constantinople, uh, Istanbul, whatever you want to call it, being ruled out of that city, and the west being ruled out of Rome. The The Western Roman Empire falls. The Eastern Roman Empire technically survives up until the 1500s when the Byzantine Empire falls. Gotcha. So okay. either either the 6th century AD or the 16th century. That's kind of when it falls, depending on how you feel about Rome. Which one did the, was this guy ruling over both of them? Yeah, no. Uh so he the Roman Empire at this time was one complete blob. That turned the Mediterranean into a Roman lake. So it was one big, just one big uh, area at this time. Okay. But we we kind of think of the Western Roman Empire as like the true Roman Empire, and then what be what became the Eastern Roman Empire kind of split off and became a different thing. Though they would take their lineage from the Roman Empire. So it depends on how you feel about. It. Okay. All right. Well. I guess I'm probably more referring to, I guess, the West one then. Um, yeah. The Western Roman Empire, that's, that falls, and it leaves most of Europe in darkness for a little bit. So, Gotcha. Okay. If so, you believe that. So but, he yeah. hurt the empire, obviously, but he didn't yes. technically completely destroy it. Yes. This is what's considered the beginning of the end for the Roman Empire as it kind of was. So its golden age ended the day that Marcus Aurelius died. Gotcha. So we just never got back to what it was, more or less. Yeah, uh, the decline started here. It did. I mean, it was so huge and so powerful. Obviously, uh, they still had that huge army, all that money. So it took a while for the carcass to finally die. But it was on its deathbed, really, after you know this time. Okay. It was hobbled. Let's call it that. The Colossus was hobbled because of him. Kind of like Kmart. Long, slow death. Yes, Walmart. Exactly what Walmart's going through right now is a long, slow death. Yep. Okay, I didn't even consider so, them. Yeah, Walmart, I mean, the thing is, there are still Walmarts and everything, and there's still a, a big store. It's just, remember how many people used to go? Go into a Walmart now and see how many fucking people are there. Not a lot. You know, all right. Maybe Most people are buying their shit online. Uh, before we get out of here, I did want to mention by the end of his death, uh, kind of like how the Game of Thrones we mentioned. Uh, what was the blonde haired girl's name? I forget what her name is, but she had that long ass title. Commodus would also do the same thing whenever Commodus would send a letter to the Senate, which I mentioned he hated. He would always start it with this from the emperor <laughs> Caesar Lucius. Alois, Aurelius, Commodus, Augustus, Pius, Felix, Sarmaticus, Germanicus, Maximus, Britannicus, Pacifier of the Whole Earth, Invincible, the Roman Hercules, Pontifex Maximus, Holder of the Tribution, Authority for the Eighth Time, Imperator for the Eighth Time, Consul for the Seventh Time, Father of His Country, and then there are a couple more 
but <laughs> wow okay yeah so that he, was his whole fucking title so he liked to troll the shit out of him oh yeah definitely it's one of those things where every time someone announced thing that he thought of something else that sort of thing and kind of those names before pacifier of the world britannicus maximus germanicus sermanicus those are those mean that he conquered or fought battles in those countries so britannicus obviously is uh britain germanicus i mentioned is germany i don't know what the other two are but they all all that shit means and like family lineage is caesar lucius alois aurelius commodus that sort of thing he and he's like the last one in that line wow it's kind of crazy i do like pacifier of the earth i do like that one though yeah (laughs) the roman hercules he had to squeeze that one in there of course (laughs) well guys we got back to back i would say exciting history lessons this isn't you know, learning about something boring. This is straight up good stuff. Maybe you guys haven't even heard of this. I don't know. I don't even know how many people have seen Gladiator. I kind of, I want to rewatch Gladiator now, and I kind of want to find where to watch Xena, because I think Ooh. that'd be a good show to just watch it, you know, whatever, 25 years later. I believe Paramount Plus, possibly. I'll have to check that. Okay, maybe I'll have to get a subscription to that. Well, Phil. Don't bother. It sucks. <laughs> Do you have any closing statements before we get out of here? No. Uh, yeah. You know, we gotten uh, a few emails. We got a couple of uh, nice messages. So, you know, if you want to get a hold of us, once again, hit us up on our email. Subliminaldpodcast at gmail.com. We love hearing from everyone. Also, uh, if you want an even easier way to get a hold of us, that is on our uh, Instagram subliminal deception podcast on ig uh get a hold of us anytime you know i love to you know if you got an idea that's really a lot of times we might actually get ideas from people just kind of talking to us about stuff so hit us up there cody and i also have our own instagram accounts mine has been shut down cody you have one (laughs) mine is cody zibob give me a follow send me a message like a lot of people do thank you all for doing that the last thing we ask you guys to do is log into iTunes, leave a show five-star review. It doesn't particularly matter what you type in the box. We would prefer if you type your full title, like Commodus did, in there. Hit five-star, hit submit. We greatly appreciate everyone who's taking time to do that for us. If you're a Spotify listener, it's even simpler. You just hit five stars, hit submit, and that's it. No other uh, painstaking typing or nothing like that. Great for people with Carpal Tunnel. Um, we greatly appreciate everyone who's taking the time to do that for us as well. Well, Phil, excellent episode. I love learning about ancient crazy people, and this man very clearly was. And uh, I guess we'll see you guys next week. Thanks, guys.